We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. And welcome to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. My name is Matthew Mayer, filling in again for Walker Wildman. Honored to be in this station, coming to you from New Jersey. As I said, my name is Matthew Mayer, not Matt Marr, not the Christian singer. I hate to disappoint any of our listeners out there. I won't be singing, but I will steal a line from one of his songs, Your Grace is enough. And I truly believe that without God's good grace in my life, I wouldn't be here, not only in ministry full-time. I often tell people I do this for a living, but more importantly, because of God's grace, I live to do this. You can find out more information about who I am and what the Lord has done in my life at truthovertrend.com. That's truthovertrend.com. I am passionate about sharing the truth of the gospel in a world that propagates trends and trends that fade and We have to get back to absolute truth. That's why I love what's happening here through AFA. They are big proponents of having a biblical worldview and what God says about the family and society, what he says about his church. All of that is contained in the Holy Scriptures. So let me begin with an illustration. I think it'll help drive our episode this afternoon. It involves a father and a daughter, and of course the father is preoccupied trying to read his magazine, and the daughter keeps tugging at his knee, distracting him. So he decides, or at least he attempts to, outwit her. So he turns a few pages forward in the magazine. He finds what he's looking for. It was a map of the United States of America. So he rips it out, and of course, he says to his daughter, here you go, sweetheart, I have an assignment for you. He rips it up into multiple pieces. Hey, like a puzzle, go put it back together. See if you can learn where all the states are. Off she goes, excited about what her father gave her as an assignment. He thinks, okay, this is going to give him at least an hour. No way does his little girl know where all the states go. He begins to read his magazine again. A determinate amount of time passed, and here she comes again, emerging from the bedroom, excited to show her dad with a taped up piece of the magazine all put back together. The father was astonished. He looked at his daughter and said, how in the world did you know where every state went on the map? She looked at him and said, it was easy, Dad. Turning it over, there was a picture of Jesus on the back. And once I got him back to where he belonged, the whole country just came together. And that little sweet illustration holds a monumental truth. Once we get Jesus back where he belongs, on the throne of our hearts individually, each of us as Christians, on the throne of our families, fathers and husbands, mothers and wives, placing Jesus back on the throne as king of our families, and so on and so forth. We place God back on the throne of our society and our country, and scriptures hold true. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Put Jesus back where he belongs. Righteousness, right standing with God, right order from God, living righteously in honor of God. Righteousness is what exalts a nation. So 
I really want us to understand that if we put Christ back where he belongs in our lives, that's what we're responsible for. I tell people, hey, you do what you can by faith, and then trust that God will do what you can't by grace. Now notice, all of the news cycles today, the world is spinning off its axis. And, and I'm noticing something, almost like vice grips. From the bottom, we'll say local, to the top, we'll say global. And there's this tight squeeze that's taking place from the local level to the global level. And here's what can stop it, or at least slow down the squeeze. It's the church. It's the Christian. It's you and me standing in the gap. And like a piece of metal between that vice grip, it can no longer squeeze because that metal's in the way. And I love it because the Bible is a hammer. That's what the scriptures say. And if we lead with truth and we leave the consequences to God, we will be doing what he's called us to do for such a time as this. Here's what I want to tell you. The greater the physical upheaval, the more significant the spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual battle, ladies and gentlemen. I know that we're dealing with flesh and blood, but that's not the enemy. The Bible is explicit about who we're warring against. So I want this verse, Ephesians 6, to undergird our episode. Let me read it for you. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So now here's a posture and a position to be strong in Christ and in his power, not our efforts. Then we put on the whole armor of God, that's Ephesians 6, verse 11, that we may be able to stand, again, this is a position, putting your heels into the ground like a football player and being unwilling to move against the wiles of the devil, standing against the schemes, the trickery of the enemy. Because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, and we often, we think we are, and we, we get agitated and frustrated with man, and meanwhile, there's an enemy behind the scenes. He's causing havoc and confusion, and his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. We know this. But here's who we're waging war against, principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to, here's that word again, withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And then he gives us a list of what we call the armor of God. I'd love for you to read that on your own time, meditate upon it, see how each of these pieces of the spiritual armor all lead you back to the Bible, right? Because you don't know what the breastplate of righteousness is unless you are in the Word and understand you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You can't shod your feet with the gospel of peace unless you understand the commissioning of going therefore and preaching and teaching and living the gospel. You'll never understand the shield of faith unless you understand faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And the faith shield helps us quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. He shoots them out of our mind, the place where he can cause the greatest distraction and depression and discouragement. Put on that helmet of salvation so that those darts can't get in and wield that sword of the Spirit. That's the Word of God. So as we are mindful that we're in a battle, I want to bring to your attention, this was in the news, it popped up on all types of news outlets, and I was getting texts over the past 24 hours about this specific curriculum in the public school system as it relates to New Jersey, and that's where I'm from. So I wanted to bring it to our attention. This is out of Breitbart News. Here's the title, New Jersey Model Curriculum. That's what they call it. Gender Identity, Lessons for First and Second Graders. And I know we're probably tired of hearing of this, but we need to be in the know, informed, so that we can take the necessary action steps to push it back. And here's what they're after. 
It's similar to what happened in other states with these gender identity sexual orientation curriculums in one set of materials for first graders students are going to be taught to define gender okay that's gender male and female that should be done with gender identity gender role stereotypes in another curriculum for second grade students students are going to be taught there are some body parts that mostly fit girls and some body parts that mostly are just for boys being a boy or a girl doesn't mean you have those parts but for people, this is how those bodies are. It's just ridiculous. But we, as believers, and I often say this from the pulpit, if we don't train up our children, the world will train up our children. It is our responsibility to train our children in the Word so that when they're older, they will not depart from that foundation of faith. We know this. Senator Shapizi out of New Jersey, she's actually the one that released the curriculum publicly recently she reported it as it was documented on savejersey.com here's a quote from her although i voted against the legislation mandating certain sexual education classes for even the youngest of children i've taken a measured approach and have waited to further comment until i saw what was proposed she continued today i reviewed all of the model school instruction materials and i truly think new jersey has lost its mind and she threw a curse word in there by the way she continued, while some of the lessons I agree with, many are completely overboard with cringy detail for young kids, and some go so far as unnecessarily sexualizing children further. For me, the most outrageous part are teachers are instructed to promote a website that's amaze, and we should be amazed that this is even being pushed on children, and its YouTube channel with the same name, Amaze, and it's, a, it's impacting kids as young as nine. And they're being told to go to these outlets for additional information on sex ed. Now, she says, I encourage all parents to be in the know about what's happening. And I am saying that's our role and responsibility. I actually want to run a clip here. And I want you to, if you're in the presence of any of your children under a certain age, I want to warn you, some of the terminologies are a little graphic. And we're fighting to keep these type of audio clips and video clips out of our children's minds, out of their ears. So if you're, I'm giving you this time, if there's any kids around, maybe turn it, turn the radio down or remove them, and then we're going to run the clip. Guys, clip number three, please. Is it normal to watch porn? Hashtag Ask Amaze. Yes, it's normal. Lots of people watch porn. After all, it's right there and it's free. And anyway, many people are curious about this sex stuff. But... And it's a big butt. Remember, porn is not real. It's just a fantasy, like, uh, like superheroes movies. Bodies don't look like those in porn movies. In general, everything is exaggerated. And sex, it often looks very different in real life. So don't expect your own body or sex life once you have one to look anything like what you see in porn. Or to sound like it either. Find out more about porn right here on Amaze. Did you guys hear that? That should amaze us in a way where we are wholly angered, righteously angered, trying to get nine-year-olds to watch these videos that are propagating the lie that it's normal to watch porn. Introducing adult relations, literally, 
to child perceptions, you know what that leads to? Perversion. I'll say that one more time. Adult relations, goodness, pornography, to children's perceptions, this is what leads to perversion. In fact, studies show kids that struggle with their sexual identity probably looked at porn somewhere along the way, whether through a smartphone or an open computer with internet access into the World Wide Web where it's free. And that's what they say. It's okay if you're seeing it. Know that it's fake. It is dangerous. Schools have no longer become playgrounds for our youth. They are now battlegrounds for our youth. And the enemy is working overtime to steal their minds, to destroy their little souls. This is the war that we're in. And again, not to go at any school board who underhandedly is trying to get these type of curriculums in front of your children's eyes and minds because there's an enemy behind it. So we pray and we fast and we put the spiritual armor on, on understanding the war that we're in. And again, studies are explicit. Children that are exposed to pornography at an early age tend to have improper views about sexuality and then there's insecurity and then schools are affirming that identity. And on Wednesday, I showed you how the loudest and highest voice in our land, the president, was even affirming improper sexual identity and orientation. This is what we are up against, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I want to encourage you because a lot of times we give these news cycles and it's like, gosh, we've lost so much ground. What can we do? There's always more to do for us. And recently I got a text message from somebody who goes to my church here in New Jersey. He is a professional Christian psychiatrist and he actually reached out to us for prayer for an opportunity that he had this morning. So as I'm getting sent that video from the Amaze Network with the reports about what they're trying to accomplish in New Jersey, which is consistent with what's happening all over our country, I get a text message. I'm gonna read you that text message from this individual and talk about the efforts that he is making, like others, in those certain arenas, pushing back the darkness and representing biblical truth. We'll do just that when we come back for our second segment. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Matthew Mayer, filling in for Walker Wildman. This is AFA at the Core. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Acts 17.26 conveys to us the reality that we were born and placed in the 21st century by God's specific design. He determined before time where we would live and when we would live there. If you're in Minnesota, Mississippi, or Maine, God put you there on purpose. He's not surprised by the darkness we see around us, nor is he caught off guard by it. In fact, he's specifically prepared for it by making sure you're alive right now. God can do whatever he wants, but he's chosen to use you and me as ambassadors of his kingdom. We are his torches to light up the darkness. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. (laughs) 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Does your girl often utter the phrase, I don't know? Whether you're asking what she wants for dinner, her thoughts on a new movie, or why she colored the wall instead of her coloring pages, I don't know may be her go-to answer. It's easy for girls to resort to saying, I don't know, rather than processing your question or articulating her thoughts and feelings. As her parent, it's critical to help her find her voice, even at a young age. The Gospel of Mark urges believers to go into all of the world and preach the Gospel to all creation. When your girl finds her voice, she not only can clearly express herself, but she can also confidently proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. We are not allowed to have a U-Haul that comes to heaven with us. Anna Marie Travers has an AFA Foundation charitable gift annuity. The Lord has given us uh, things that we can uh, acquire, uh, but you know, everything will stay here. And I'm so thankful for, for the American Family uh, Annuity Fund where we can give some to something that we so highly value. Through the AFA Foundation, a charitable gift annuity provides a monthly income as well as a legacy of support for the American Family Association. I cannot uh, recommend a, a better person than uh, they have at AFA to help you with getting your annuity fund. It was so easy. Call the AFA Foundation today to find out how you can set up a charitable gift annuity. Just call 800 326 4543, extension 345. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. And welcome back to AFA at the Core. My name is Matthew Mayer. I'm filling in for Walker Wildman. Honored to be in this position. We're going to continue our thread. If you missed the first segment and you're just tuning in, I'm going to introduce you to a doctor named Carl Benzio. He's part of my church body here in Ocean City, New Jersey, very active in the political arena to stand up for a biblical worldview as it pertains to health services. And we're talking about the school system, pushing on our children, perverted curriculum, where our schools all across our country are no longer playgrounds, like a place for our youth to find an incubator to learn and and have fun in their early years. No, these places are now battlegrounds. And we've been asleep at the wheel, but it's time to take control. It's time to push back as Christians and believers in a sovereign God. So I got this text from Dr. Carl, and he was asking for prayer in regards to an opportunity this morning. So it's well past at this point. But at 9 a.m. this morning, he was given the opportunity to give oral testimony before the Department of Health and Human Services. This is a huge department. They are a healthcare agency making policy decisions in our country. And here's what they're trying to do they're trying to remove right of conscience, that can be defined as freedom of religion or conscience for healthcare providers and professionals when it comes to these very serious issues abortion addressing gender confusion, physician-assisted suicide, and even homosexuality. So doctors, healthcare providers, are going to be forced, if this is eventually passed, to not be able to deal with their, their clients or those that are seeking care, their patients, and they're not going to be able to do it from the right of conscience. 
having a biblical worldview. If the policy is passed that they're proposing, physicians will have to treat people in an unbiblical way. So Dr. Carl was saying, I need prayer. I'm testifying before a panel. And that panel was put together by the Ethics and Public Policy Center, short for EPP, EPPC, and they are organizing a process gathering very like-minded organizations where they are able to present scientific and obviously legal concerns about these types of approaches. And what they covered this morning, you can actually look it up at eppc.org. But here's what they covered. I thought it was fascinating to share. Children as young as 11 or 12 are irreparably harmed by puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, sex reassignment surgeries, which are progressively self-fulfilling, irreversible, and sterilizing. This is the damage that's done. It's irreparable. The HHS cannot use a non-discrimination law to establish a medical standard of care. They're trying to change the entire way it's been done for decades. Biological sex matters in healthcare because men and women, they respond differently to different medication, different pain medication, and different illnesses. The Supreme Court's Bostick decision on transgender discrimination was limited to hiring and firing in employment under Title VII and did not address Section 1557 or the healthcare context. And here's one final thing they addressed. Removing protections for medical judgment, conscience, and religious beliefs will drive out healthcare professionals from the profession that they've been in for their entire lives and reduce access to healthcare. That's happening. And yet individuals like Dr. Carl Benzio and others, they are rising up, they're speaking out, and they are pushing back the darkness. That's happening in the school system. That's happening in the health services spaces. It's happening locally, and you know where else it's happening? Like that vice grip analogy from earlier, we're being squeezed from the bottom and the top. It's happening nationally. All of it really are the same tentacles that are coming out of this totalitarian tactic from the enemy. Even our defense department is more concerned about our military men and women's vaccination statuses than their actual expertise and competences. Not only that, Many major institutions, they've all gone woke. That's the word we've used. They are woke. It's an obsession with gender justice, social justice, equality, they call it, inclusivity, and the buzzword of the hour, tolerance. They're completely shifting the military strategizing away from military learning, technical capabilities, and, and analysis, and they're moving it towards an embrace of what is called an egalitarian socialism. Now, cute word, basically to say Marxism. All of this is coming from the same spirit. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. Whether it's in the school system, the healthcare system, our military system, locally, nationally, globally, our world currently is under the spell of great delusion. If so you're looking out and saying, what the heck is going on? I'll tell you. There's a spirit of tyrannical proportions that is currently harnessing the reprobate minds of political leaders and teachers and people in power everywhere. Reprobate minds, as Paul writes to the Romans in chapter 1. And that's why you're seeing unrest and distress globally. It all sounds so alarming. The enemy knows his time is short, and that's why he's seeking his final installment. The Bible calls him the Antichrist. And the Antichrist is a diabolical leader that will hail as a political savior, yet he's really nothing but a spiritual devil. 
And here's what I want to get after. His party platform, there's mantras attached to it. And we're currently hearing these mantras being echoed all across the world. Mantras such as, we're going to build back better. Are you familiar with that one? We're all in this together. These are the types of platforms that are branded by the calls to peace and unity and tolerance. And we're in this together. And we're seeing the same exact spirit. It's interesting because when you have a biblical worldview, you know the Bible. Paul would write to the Thessalonians. He would say, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. So when you hear this call for peace and safety, everybody's about peace, world peace. We're in this together. And safety, security, trust us. This is when sudden destruction will come. Now, that's speaking to the end time scenario, but you can begin to see how the stage is being set. Whether they're national governments or global governments, they're using the same mantras. And if we're all in this together, we're expected to give over our liberties and give over our autonomies and our authorities and trust them to make the decisions for us. So intergovernmental organizations such as, and here's where I'm going to get specific, the United Nations, they propagate these types of ideas. Their mantra, their mission is international peace and safety. Did you know that? We're in it for the peace and safety. In fact, at the end of last year, I would love for you to Google this. You just simply Google Guardian for International Peace and Security statue. And what would show up is this gift that was sent over as a tribute. And it was entitled the Guardian for International Peace and Security. And the description of this statue is stunning. In fact, it's a lion or a jaguar infused with eagle's wings. And when you have a biblical worldview, here's what happens. You go, huh, where did I read about that type of image before? I got it. Daniel 7, verse 4. In a revelation or vision given to Daniel about the kingdom of Babylon, it's described as, and first I saw a beast like a lion that had eagle's wings. Not a coincidence here. Not Christian sensationalism looking at the text and going, a lion with eagle's wings? And then John, we call him the revelator. He's given the revelation of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 2. This is what he sees. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard or a jaguar. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and his great authority. And what John saw was the final empire led by the Antichrist, this ruler who will be hailed as a spiritual or political savior, but he's really just a devil. And the imagery is appropriate. So they've taken that statue away for whatever reason. It was placed at the visitor's plaza outside of the UN headquarters. It's gone. But what's going on here? I'll tell you, the enemy is showing his hand. He is no longer hiding his hand. He's showing his hand. This is what he's after. The United Nations, as we're speaking about them, they have a common agenda. You can look this up too. These are things we need to know as Christians with biblical worldviews. Our common agenda, Google it. It'll pop up and you can literally read what their agenda is and how brazen they have become with their attempts at international peace and safety. 
Trust us. Give up your rights. Here's what I want to read from their exact website. First, now is the time to re-embrace global solidarity and find new ways to work together for the common good. This must include a global vaccination plan to deliver vaccines against COVID-19 into the arms of the millions of people who are still denied this basic life-saving measure. Moreover, it must include urgent and bold steps to address the triple crisis of climate disruption, biodiversity loss, and pollution that is destroying our planet. It all sounds so admirable and honorable. Second, now's the time to renew the social contract between governments and their people within those societies. Did you catch that? Social contract? Why should that ring a bell? Well, China uses a social contract system. And I don't think that's the best system to adopt for your people or citizens, let alone for the people of the world. Now, with agendas that are just outright in the open, telling us what they're accomplishing, with the spirit of the age being anti-Bible, anti-Christ, anti-church, anti-Christian, you're seeing these agendas working in conjunction with the World Economic Forum, I believe probably the most influential global organization to date, considering they're trying to push what is called the Great Reset, brought it up on this show before. Doesn't take long to research what they're really up against. The Great Reset, in short, is basically we're going to fix things. But before we fix things, we have to break things. Now think about that, going back to the local level and how there's an attempt to break our children, break them from the inside out. Then look at our economy and the, pre the present administration and their intentionality of breaking the economy and breaking the middle class and breaking our dollar and breaking our borders. Our borders are wide open and people are coming and they're flooding in and illegal migration is taking place. Why? Because they're trying to break things so they can present the solution. On a global level, you're seeing all that activity, the attempt to break. Now, in case you think I'm making this up, I want to show you a clip that's pulled directly from the World Economic Forum's YouTube page. It's basically a commercial for what they're trying to accomplish. Listen in as we run clip number one. The pandemic has radically changed the world as we know it. And the actions we take today as we work to recover will define our generation. Now is the time to think what history would say about this crisis. 2020 has been challenging on a lot of levels, as economic, environmental and societal frailties have been laid bare. But it's also proved that when we need to, we can act rapidly and restructure our lives. The recovery from the pandemic is an opportunity. We can see rays of hope in the form of a vaccine, but there is no vaccine for the planet. Nature needs a bailout. You don't want to go back to the status quo that you had before simply because it was the status quo that got us here. With everything falling apart, we can reshape the world in ways we couldn't before. Ways that better address so many of the challenges we face. And that's why so many are calling for a great reset. A great reset? That sounds more like buzzword bingo masking some nefarious plan for world domination. Hands up, this kind of slogan hasn't gone down well. But all we really want to say is that we all have an opportunity to build a better world. And it's not surprising that people who've been disenfranchised by a broken system and pushed even further by the pandemic will suspect global leaders of conspiracy. But the world's not that simple. 
Every one of us has differing priorities, values, and ideas. That's part of why solutions are so hard to come by and why we all need to be involved in the decision-making. Because whether it's politicians, CEOs, academics, activists, or you, we're all about getting people together, even those you may not like, to sit down at the table and develop solutions that work for all of us. Giving people a real stake in the economy and putting well-being before growth. And that's all about getting the right people in the right place at the right time. We must rebuild our relationship with nature for the survival of the peoples and our planet. We have a window of time which is closing and we need everybody who cares to get together and find solutions now. Wow. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're like, what was that on American Family Radio? Was that an ad for the Tower of Babel? Sounded like an ad marketing strategy for the Tower of Babel. And I'm like, it's exactly what it was, the modern-day Tower of Babel. That's what we read about in Genesis 11, about this spirit of the age in the early days where the people were gathering together in the name of peace and safety and of course, come, they say, let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. You know who manufactured that Tower of Babel strategy? A man named Nimrod. His name means rebel. The first rebel on earth, under the spirit of the age, attempting to bring people together without God, build a tower to the heavens. Babel means, Babel, it's two words, it means gateway to God. It's man's attempt to be God, to get to God. And yet God comes down and sees what man's up to, and he, it says in the text, he scatters them, because God will not be mocked. And as he scatters them, we know it as Babel, confusion. And that's what man's attempts always lead to, confusion, scattering, distraction, disorientation, and this is what we're currently witnessing in our world. Every believer should be aware of this. These are the agendas that are out in the open. The enemy is no longer hiding his hands. He's putting his cards out there. He's showing us what he's up to. And the church and the Christian need to be the loudest voices pushing back and warning as watchmen, telling people about the gospel. This is what God has called us to. When we come back, we'll continue along the same thread, reminding ourselves of our role and goal for such a time as this. This is AFA at the core. My name is Matthew Mayer, filling in for Walker Wildman. And when we come back, looking forward to continuing the show. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. I'm a homeschooling mom of four, and all of us listen regularly to American Family because we are an American family. Twice a year for three days at a time, we pause to celebrate how God is using American Family Radio to impact lives. We call it Shareathon, and it's an opportunity for you to help us continue to make a difference. I just wanted to say thanks for all you do every day. 
Join us April 19th through the 21st here on listener-supported American Family Radio. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, our tour of Washington, D.C. and Mount Vernon and the separate tour of Colonial Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown for September. We still have a few seats available. For June, we have sold out. That's the situation with the Spiritual Heritage Tours. We do have seats left for September. Hey, Stephen and Beth McDowell of the Providence Foundation are going to serve as co-hosts along with me, Tim Wildman, and my wife, Allison, for these tours. So we get to interact and have a lot of fun and fellowship with our folks who have joined us from around the country for these very special tours. So if you want the information, the itinerary, the cost, the dates, everything about the tours, go to spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. 8 Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have helped 7,000 families rebuild their homes for free after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. Our rapid response ministry is busier than ever. With 40 deployments over the last four years, we've been able to minister to so many when it mattered most. It's completely free to serve with us. We provide your food and lodging when you volunteer. There's countless opportunities for any skill set and any skill level. We spend multiple weeks with those that have lost so much by cutting trees, tarping roofs, mucking out houses, and so much more. Consider joining us on our next outreach. You will never be the same. For more information about 8 Days of Hope, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. And welcome back to AFA at the Core. This is on American Family Radio. My name is Matthew Mayer, filling in for Walker Wildman. If you've been tracking this far, you know exactly what we're covering. If not, you're just tuning in. Love for you to go backwards when it's posted as a podcast and just catch the thread, really, where we began on the local level and this tactic, which really is the same at every level. You just see it repackaged. It's this totalitarian tactic. They use propaganda. They all use tolerance and peace and safety and we're in this together let's build back better these mantras sound admirable and honorable they're about social justice on every level gender justice unless unless you prescribe to a biblical worldview and you believe in absolute truth and that entire narrative breaks down when you have absolute truth as your gauge and as your guide in the last segment we showed you directly from the World Economic Forum's YouTube page one of their ads advertising for the Great Reset. What is the Great Reset? Well, and simply, they're going to give us a better system to save the world. And trust them, give up your authority, give up your liberty, give up your property. In fact, one of their videos actually laughably says, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. That sounds thrilling to me, ladies and gentlemen. Take all my stuff and I'll be happier for it. My question is, who gets all the stuff? Well, that's that's communism. This is what they're after. And they're packaging it in such a way that there's a social contract. It's like the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. We know how that ended. And that's a constant resurfacing. 
the spirit of the age, the spirit of Antichrist, constantly trying to bring people together and push God out. You may have heard this, One World Order. Decades ago, that's always been a conspiracy. One World Order, come on, man. Christians shouldn't be getting involved in conspiracy theory. And I want to kind of help reframe your mind about One World Order. Because when you hear it, we instantly shut down. And I'm saying, just go backwards here. Reverse the words. One world order. Reverse them with me, will you? Ready? Order the world into oneness. Let me say that again. One world order is ordering the world into oneness. Oneness outside of God. That's not a conspiracy. That's exactly what the enemy is after. Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 gives us that proclamation from the rebel's heart itself. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? Why are they conspiring constantly at every level? The kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers take counsel together in these coalitions of organizations, and what are they doing? They're going against the Lord and against his anointed. And here's what they're saying, let us break the bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Translation, let us break free from these biblical boundaries. Let us cast away the cords of Christ. Remember, boundaries are in place for the flourishing of our souls and our society. Divine law, divine order, which undergirds our governmental framework, providence prevails with absolute order and truth, and society follows suit when the church and the Christian are leading the charge. But when we take a back seat to the world, a vacuum will be filled by the spirit of the age, the spirit of Antichrist. And in the name of, let, let me just live my life. Let me just be free. Don't judge me. Come on, man, be tolerant. It's liberty out of bounds. The sexual, I call it a devolution, not revolution. It's a devolution. It's going backwards. It's, it's going against God's design in every way. Even social justice, it's the opposite of biblical justice. Yet, let me be free. Liberty out of bounds, however, ladies and gentlemen, is always what leads to living in bonds. So it's funny. It's not funny. It's devastating. The attempt to break free from bonds, the rebel's heart, in the name of freedom, actually leads to living in bonds, bondage, shackled to sin and shame. So what's our role and goal here? I'll tell you. Mark the error of the rebel. Keep an eye on them. They're on every, in every level, in every station, with their agendas. Mark them. Know them. Counter them. Recognize the lies of Babel. They're all around us. But do so by knowing the truth of the Bible. There's no other way to identify the lies that are around us unless we understand the truth of the Bible, which should live and dwell within us. Paul would write this. I love this verse. Often not quoted. I want you to hear it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Don't judge me. I'm not. I'm judging what the Bible tells me to judge. That word means estimate. Make spiritual estimations. Discern all things. No matter what it is, whatever's happening, be, ha be able to discern it. And then it says he himself is rightly judged by no one. And guess what? The world will never understand you because you have a spiritual mind and you're seeing the world from a spiritual lens. So it's deeper than just somebody wanting to get the kids to understand you know, justice and understand sexuality. It's deeper than that. There's an agenda below the surface. And when you have a biblical worldview, 
you see through that lens and it's like a window. And if the window is foggy or the window is dirty, you can't really see what's going on on the other side. And yet the only clearest lens or window is the word of God itself. So I spend time looking through the word and this is what enables me to see it. So I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, are you seeing it? Are you currently witnessing it? All that is happening, the web of lies that is being weaved by the ruler of this world, many are entangled by the fear and the lies that are being pushed on us day by day. And a lot of times it's because we're scrolling through social media and that's what's feeding us. And God's like, come back to biblical thinking. Now, interestingly, these webs that are being weaved, I've never seen this. You can reach out to me online if you have. I've never seen anybody willingly walk into a spider web. That's like the worst feeling. Have you ever walked out of your house and maybe the light wasn't on so you didn't really get to see the, the web that was forming and you walk into it and there's this feeling and like you don't know if there's a spider on the web and you try to get the web off of you. I hate spiders and I hate walking into spider webs. I've never seen anybody willingly walk into a spider web. No, no, no. You get caught in a spider web. It happens sudden. And a lot of times it happened because light's not shining and you weren't aware there was one in your path. And as I said on Wednesday in that episode, that's what's happening. Social conditioning around us that leads to spiritual conforming within us. This social conditioning, just go with the flow. Don't ask questions. Don't counter the narrative. Hey, isn't it interesting everything that was called a conspiracy in 2020 has actually come to fruition in 2022? I'm going, oh my goodness, I heard somebody say that in 2020 and they were called a right-wing extremist and yet what they said is actually being revealed from the very organizations, the FDA, the CDC, who are saying that's not true. Facebook fact-checking, that's not true. And all of it's true. No, we were being conditioned. Trust us, they were saying. And we were being conformed spiritually unaware. Let me give you a real-time example, whether you realize it or not. First, it was forcing something on our body by way of the mask. That's still happening. Put the mask on. Can't travel without it. I was just on a plane recently to my trip to Tupelo, Mississippi. Had to wear the mask. Wanted to get to the destination. Wanted to be able to preach the gospel on the other side. Had to wear the mask. So I comply. I don't do it during while I'm walking around the airport, but you get the point. Forcing something on your body. Okay, it's on me. And then over time, here was the next conditioning. Forcing something in our body. Are you understanding where this is going? The more compliant we become without asking questions, the more we are ready for the great tyrant to come. That's the Antichrist. On your body, in your body. This should get every believer to think of passages such as Romans 13, where we're introduced to what is called the mark of the beast. I am by no way insinuating that the mask or the vaccination is the mark of the beast. Get that out of your thought process. Can't happen until the Antichrist is here. And I don't plan on being here. I believe the church is going to be raptured. But that's a, another song for another day. But here's some verses to consider. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. We call it the mark of the beast. And I'm simply saying, how's the world going to be deceived by a system. Well, it's in place currently. It's slowly being rolled out. Trust us with what you put on your body. Trust us with what you put in your body. And there's coming a day where you won't be able to engage economy unless, of course, you trust the system. Wonder what that's going to look like? Wonder how that's going to be implemented? 
Wonder no more, ladies and gentlemen. We are standing in its shadow. The shadow is being cast on us. That's why we're told not to conform to this world. But we're told to do the opposite. Be transformed by the renewing of our mind that our lives may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not let the world fit you into its mold. Be biblical thinkers for such a time as this. Because to be conformed to this godless age is to be controlled by the God of this age. The world's invitation is always one of unity. Come to us. Be unified. Let's be tolerant. Let's lock arms and have interfaith agreements. But the world's invitation to unity is always an invitation to conformity, whether you realize it or not. This is where we're at. We talked about this economy, the direction it's going. We talked about the government, local, national, and global, and the direction it's going. And now here's the spiritual component. Again, these are one of those things I find fascinating. There was a plan to build what is called the Abrahamic Family House. Last year, set to be complete, this year. And I just want you to, actually let me start off by saying it like this. A pope, an imam, and a rabbi walk into a house. And that is not the beginning of a bad joke. That's actually what is happening. Listen to this clip, and I'll provide commentary after. Run clip number two, please. Hey everyone, I am Dalene Hassan. Welcome to Inspire Medis. This week, we're focusing on the topic of inclusion and tolerance within regional societies, starting with a project in the UAE, which will be a home to a mosque, a church, and a synagogue. Religious history was made in Abu Dhabi last year when the document on human fraternity was signed by Pope Francis and Dr. Ahmed Al Tayeb, the Grand Imam of Al Azhar. It called for tolerance, universal peace, and the reconciliation of all faiths. Embodying this agreement, this year construction will start on a project called the Abrahamic Family House on Sadiat Island. Due for completion in 2022, the site will house a church, a mosque, and a synagogue. A church, a mosque, and a synagogue. Again, these are things you can look up and just see it. And you go, that's harmless. No, hear the buzzwords. Tolerance, international peace and safety, interlocking arms in the name of inclusivity. Let me read directly from their website. The Abrahamic Family House will be a beacon of mutual understanding, harmonious coexistence, and peace among people of faith and goodwill. The design aims to both meaningfully represent and support diverse communities of worshipers, residents, and visitors, unlocking a contemporary spirit that draws from tradition but looks toward the future, a future defined by acceptance, inclusion, and peace, all in the name of Abraham. Why Abraham? Well, out of Abraham came the many nations of the world, of course, the Jewish nation and even the Muslim nation and Christianity, Catholicism, an extension of Judaism. So this is why they've chosen him. Now, now here's the sad reality, ladies and gentlemen. Abraham is not a picture of interfaith or inclusivity. Abraham in the Bible is a picture of intercession. What do you mean by that? It was in and through Abraham that God would isolate his seed and give us his son. It wasn't about showing us how everyone can get along and work together. No, it was through Abraham that we get Isaac, and through Isaac that we get Jacob, and through Jacob we get the 12 tribes of Israel. And one of those tribes, Judah, produces the Messiah, Jesus. 
He is the isolated seed. He is the son of God. And it's in him and him alone that we can find our way back to the Father in heaven. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So while it sounds good, inner faith and inclusivity, it's a lie because we should be bold to say, no, there's no way to get to God except through Jesus Christ, the son. And that's why Paul goes, hey, Jesus gave himself for your sins that he might deliver you from this present evil age. And so if we're delivered from this present evil age and the lies of deception and the web that's being weaved and the serpent's squeeze and his vice grip from local to global levels, we should be nonconformists to the world. Transforming minds in the word leads to transforming culture. And that is part of the mission of AFA. We are ambassadors, ladies and gentlemen, sent forth to represent the kingdom of heaven on earth, wherever God has placed you. If you're a teacher, you should show the school system what it looks like to be a Christian in that station. If you're in politics, you should show other politicians in that station what it looks like as if Jesus himself was in that station. Whatever it is God has called you to do, you should show the world around you what it looks like to be an ambassador sent forth with the role and responsibility of the kingdom that has deployed you. We have nothing in common with the world. Please do tell, what does an heir of heaven have in common with an heir of hell? We are called to walk circumspectly, head on a swivel, vigilant, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. The time is going in one direction. It's going to hell. Yet we're called to redeem that time, stand in the gap, represent our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because the days are evil. We're called to be wise as a serpent so we don't fall to the prey of the wiles of the serpent, that slippery snake called Satan. Call him what he is. This is AFA at the core. My name is Matthew Mayer. Hoping you were encouraged by today's thread. Stand in the gap, speak truth, and show the world Jesus Christ. That's all that matters. You may be the only Bible somebody reads. Until next time, God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.